Hello, it's Saturday, June, June 6th, June 12th, 2021. I think I'm on episode 8. Let me check. Where am I? I can't even find my, my episodes. Yes, it's number 8. <laughs> Eight episodes, eight seconds, eight days, eight months, eight. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't even know if I was going to record this or not today. But I'm here. I just finished a different podcast, so I figured I'd throw this one in while I can. And while the dogs appear to be sleeping, they were walking around like mad on my last podcast, or at least my, my big dog Godfrey was. And he was just making all kinds of stupid noise. And I, I don't know, I hope the noise gate function in um, Audacity can take that out. Because it's a more straight up podcast where I'm not rambling like I am here. So for today, let's see. I, I You know what, when I, I get to Saturday and I take a look at what I blogged over the previous week. And I didn't think I did anything. And then I look at it, I was like, oh yeah, you listed a, a lot of crap. More than more than what I thought. So, you know, I don't know if I'll get through it all or not. And I'm going to start out with uh, something I just literally ran across just in the last few minutes. I saw a post on dailywire.com. And it was from, it's regarding Senator uh, James Lankford, Republican from Oklahoma. He was quizzing our HHS secretary, and I can't remember, let's see his name, his last name is Becerra, but I don't, I can't remember if he goes by Xavier or Javier, I'm going to guess Javier, because his name is spelled X-A-V-I-E-R, and I, I heard his last name said, uh, you know, they call him Secretary Becerra, so that one, hopefully, I got that one right, so I think it's Javier Becerra, the Secretary of Health and Human Services. Uh, it's a short video on YouTube. It's like five minutes long, but you cut into about one minute and uh, Senator Langford, Lankford asks him if he's cut a certain division uh, out. And I don't know why. I, I mean, I guess I know why, but I mean, is it that difficult just to answer a question directly? Nobody does it anymore. Almost nobody. The, that was the one refreshing thing that you got out of Trump. You know, if you didn't like what he was saying or how he was saying it, at least he would give you a direct answer to a question. He might even give you more than what you've bargained for. But listen to this bullshit. Uh, at your nomination hearing, uh, you and I talked about the conscience and freedom uh, and uh, freedom of faith, uh, all of those protections that are there. I was surprised to see the language in the budget has stripped out much of that language. Uh, that had existed in previous budgets about freedom of conscience, freedom of religion. Um, and it also seems that you're eliminating the conscience and religious freedom division. So eliminating that division. Hey, I wish he would just launch into that question. You know, uh, first of all, I don't even think we need a Department of Health and Human Services. That should be, that that cabinet position should just be eliminated as as is much of 
the modern presidential cabinet. But he asked this question. It's a pretty direct question. Have you done this or not? Is that true in your budget? Are you eliminating the conscience and freedom, uh, a religious freedom division? We are going to continue to do the work to protect the religious, civil, constitutional rights of all Americans under HHS's purview. And uh, we are going to continue to be a solid organization through the Office of Civil Rights that we have to make sure that we're protecting everyone's rights, including religious conscious rights. Oh, my God. What a fucking load of bullshit. Why can't you just say you did it? And then follow up with with uh, either what you've replaced it with or what the goal is, why you, why you got rid of it. Uh, just answer the goddamn question. You know, there isn't anything really that HHS should be doing anyway with regard to religious freedom. They shouldn't be discriminating against any American for any reason. Period. End of story. So whether they have some stupid division, you know, for religious freedom or not, should really make no difference. Just the, the whole thing was just fucking infuriating. But you, you're taking away that division as a priority and putting it under something else, or where is it going? It, it, it continues to function. The work continues to be functioning under the Office of Civil Rights. So there you go. Finally, finally he says where it went. But he, he, he cannot bring himself to say that they eliminated that division. So it, it's still, you know, whatever he's claiming, whatever those functions are that, that that one division was doing, it's now under the Civil Rights Division. Okay, so it has not changed or it has changed? The work will not change. I mean, we continue to have a responsibility to protect the religious freedom of all Americans when it comes to any of the health care programs that are out there. We will continue to provide protections for the civil constitutional rights of all Americans, including those that uh, involve religion. Uh, and so nothing there changes. Okay, we'll follow up on that in the days ahead to be able to see how that office now comes a beauty. That shifts. I also noticed you changed a, a term in your budget work. Uh, you shifted from in places from using the term mother to birthing people. Can you even believe that this is where we are today? That you can't call a mother a mother? That because of, you know, where we are today with uh, transgendered rights... Whatever that is, I mean, you know, rights are not something that exist for a label. Rights are something you're born with. You just you have them because of your exist uh, because of your existence, not because of some label that you want to place on yourself. It's a biological fact. Women, female have babies. You can call yourself a man, but it, biologically, you cannot have a baby unless you have a womb. Females have wombs. So traditionally, you, you would call that person a mother. So now, starting in the federal government, the Department of Health and Human Services has changed the term mother to birthing person. How, how just absolutely asinine is this? And the senator asks him, asks uh, Mr. Becerra this question. And Becerra wants to say mom. When you're watching the video, he wants to say mother. 
but because of the current policies and the ridiculousness of it all, he can't just say birthing person is a mother, but we're just using this more, he can even say we're using this more inclusive term to capture more than just uh, females who identify as female, as a, as a woman. It's going to encompass females that identify as a man. So they're using the new term birthing person to be inclusive. But th- why is it that he couldn't say it still means mother? Because it does. It, it still means mother. It, it, it would encompass that. Rather than mother, can you help me get a good definition of birthing people? Well, I'll, I'll check on the language there, but I think if we're talking about those who give birth, I think we're talking about... Right there. Uh, he wanted I, to I say mother. To explain it to you he wanted to say mother, but he couldn't do it. I, I was a little so taken he, back he kinda, when I just if, read it. If you watch the video, it, it's just so stupid. The, the term mother was gone in spots. and Using the term mother Wait, to birthing Listen people, to that again. Rather than mother. Can you help me get a good definition of birthing people? Well, I'll, I'll check on the language there, but what I think if asshole. we're talking about those who give birth, I think we're talking about... Mothers. Uh, Say it. I, I don't know how else to explain it to you. <laughs> I, it, I, I was He's a got a little smirk on his face, too. He cannot bring himself spots, to say it. And it was replaced with birthing people. And I didn't know if this was a direction that you were going, if there were shifts, if there are regulatory changes that are happening related to that, or what the purpose of that is. Uh, I think it's probably, and again, I, I'd have to go back and take a look at the language that was used in the budget, but I think it, it simply reflects the work that's being done. I mean, it's just such an asshole thing to do. You know, it, just say it. Why, what, what would the senator be able to say? Okay, he's a Republican senator from Oklahoma. So you, we assume he's asking about religious liberties and now about the term mother being... Uh, taken out and replaced with birthing person, which just, how does that, how stupid does that make us sound? Anyway, uh, what would the senator be able to do if the HHS secretary just said, a birthing person is a mother, but we've replaced the word mother with birthing person to try to be more inclusive to these other groups? You know, and the senator would be able to maybe make a little bit of a stink, but what what could actually be said? I mean, how how is he going to combat trying to include more people rather than exclude more people when everybody knows anyway, biologically, a person who gives birth is a mother, is a woman, is a female. Anyway, it just it and when I saw that, it just like so. This this is just so. Stupid. And nobody can ever even just answer a goddamn question. Oh, so what did I see? I started off the week with Jeff Bezos' face. What the hell happened to his face? There's a video about him and him inviting his brother on the first flight of Blue Origin. Love the inspiring music. From space, it changes you. Even sounds different. Relationship with this planet, with humanity, it's one Earth. I want to go on this flight because it's a thing I've wanted to do all my life. It's an adventure. It's a big deal for me. I invited my brother to come on this first flight. I mean, he could barely say brother there. It's just so weird. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe he's got an illness. Who knows? Um, 
it's just like you can't go from being what you see all the time to having that face and that speech pattern and nobody says anything i I searched around for it i couldn't find any anything on what is happening with bezos oh let's see okay uh the atlanta journal they had a story about epilepsy and patients being enrolled in drug trials here in the atlanta area without their consent and it revealed that doctors and researchers are, uh, in fact, human beings. Really, they're humans. They're not perfect. You know, and the world looks at, right now, doctors and scientists, researchers, they're, they're put up on this pedestal as if they are more than human, as if they don't have uh, human biases and prejudices you know so we always get to follow the science as if science is somehow unbiased you know science is performed by humans therefore science is biased you cannot have science without a bias Uh, you can do your best and that's why they're supposed to have peer review and other scientists look at it so that way if somebody who's not maybe blinded by a certain bias uh, can come in and take a look at something and say, well, this isn't right because of this, this, this. You know, you didn't take this data into consideration because you didn't even want to look at it. So it turns out the hospitals and doctors, they sometimes they use feelings and prejudices regarding drugs, and they play favorites according to uh, some researchers. Let's see, from the Atlanta Journal, Atlanta Journal Constitution. They say, for example, the researchers who did the epilepsy drug study said doctors in different hospitals often had feelings or prejudices about one of three drugs that didn't really have a basis in fact. So much for putting faith in the science. The study put those to rest. The critics of the uh, EFIC, and I forgot what the hell that stood for, say abuses against patients have piled up under it because the leaders involved in designing, approving, and publishing studies are also usually researchers and people sympathetic to researchers. Their mindset inevitably tips over from care from the individual patients in the study to the public gains that might be made, said George Anas, or Anas, director of the Center for Health Law, Ethics, and Human Rights at Boston University. No... This can't be. This just can't be. That they don't take individual patients and their welfare and patients' welfare into consideration instead of their own personal bias. That's not what I've been told, especially over this last year with COVID. Uh, You know, we we get this kind of bullshit with climate change. We get this kind of bullshit with COVID-19 and the the vaccines and the PCR tests and all this other stuff. Don't don't question anybody because they always have your best interest at heart. Bullshit. They're, They're human. They're human like the rest of us. And they'll make decisions based on their own personal best interest. You know, sure. Do people exist that take others into account more than they t- more than they t- take themselves? Yes, people do exist that do nice things for for people just because. 
but I, you know, I, I subscribe to, you know, the Ronald Reagan method of, you know, trust, but verify, you know, you can take somebody at their word, but then watch what they do it is what they do are the things that, that they do honestly following up on what they say, you know, they say, follow the science is, are, you know, are, are the things that they do following the science in it? At least in this year, you know, I think much of it has just been bullshit. Nobody's done anything. They've just always been looking uh, for their own interest. Uh, story out of the Wall Street Journal talking about being educated and woke could cause you problems. It was an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal where this guy was saying that uh, he's not interested in hiring people that um, want to waste their time and energy on things that just don't matter. He wants to hire people that are interested in moving his business forward. Uh, who the heck was he? Let's see, I got a link here on my site to the Wall Street Journal opinion piece, and this was written by somebody by the name of R.R. R. Reno. And R.R. R. Reno is editor of something called First Things. I have no idea what First Things is. I don't know who Mr. Reno is. Let me search for that real quick. First Things. That's a website. So they publish something. Let's see. What the heck? The in, published by the institution, the Institute of Religious and Public Life. First Things is an educational institute aiming to advance religiously in, uh, to advance a religiously informed public philosophy. So I think you can gather from that he would be anti-woke uh, to start. But he says here, and I, I would think most companies would want to go in this direction because, you know, what does IBM want to do? Do they want to provide IT technology solutions or do they want to worry about, um, some, you know, somebody's perceived slight, uh, or microaggression that may not even exist except for only in the head of the person who thinks they're a victim. Anyway, uh, this guy says, the biggest liability that comes with hiring graduates uh, from places like Harvard, Haverford, where he's from, he graduated from, is that they have uh, both colleges. So I, I'm, not, I'm not just mispronouncing Haverford or Haverford and Harvard. Uh, they've been socialized to panic over pseudo-crises. Talk of systemic racism, fixation on pronouns, inculcate in young people an apocalyptic urgency, a mentality that often disrupts the workplace and encourages navel-gazing about diversity, inclusion, and other ill-defined notions that are far removed from the main work of his organization, which is good writing, good editing, and good arguments. He says, a few years ago, a, studi a, student, a student at an Ivy League school told him uh, let me let me just read the quote from his article. A few years ago, a student at an Ivy League school told me, quote, the first things you learn your freshman year is never to say what you're thinking, unquote. The institution he attended claims to train the world's future leaders. From what the young man reports, the opposite is true. The school is training future self-censors, which means future followers. So if you're too woke and you're, you know, trying to get hired in certain uh, companies, 
you might want to either unwake or unwoke, you know, and, and see the world as it really exists, you know, or you might not get hired. And you'll never know, you know, that kind of discrimination uh, will happen internally. You'll just never know. You'll you'll show up, they'll ask you some questions, and based on those answers and in, in your interview, they'll just pass on you. Go to the next person. The big story this, this past week was the, uh, what do they call it? The uh, having such a brain fart right now. Uh, <laughs> what do they call a big stupid story? Uh, I don't know. It, it was a bombshell. Bombshell report. I don't know. It was out of ProPublica or ProPublica. I hear it pronounced both ways and I don't know which. I prefer ProPublica. Where they received a whole bunch of tax returns from people like Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Rupert Murdoch, Mark Zuckerberg, and Jeff Bezos. And they're making a big stink at how wealthy these people are. And, you know, what what they do here, the story was... not. It wasn't enlightening at all. It was really kind of disgusting. And not because they obtained personal IRS records of these wealthy people. It was disgusting because they are preying upon an ignorant American public that has no idea how they're being taxed or what is being taxed. They just hear this is a wealthy guy, he paid X number of dollars in income taxes, and that percentage is some low percent, so he's not paying his fair share. That is such a load of horseshit, and if you have... Uh, if you look at their wealth and their income and that's what you come across with, you're being extremely ignorant. Because the only thing ProPublica uncovered in this report is that income taxes taxes income. I know it sounds stupid uh, to have to even say that. But people do not understand what an income tax is. An income tax taxes your income. People receiving paychecks. Now, other things are added into income like dividends and capital gains, but those are not technically income taxes. A capital gains tax is a tax on capital gains, not on income. A dividend tax is a tax on dividends not on income. And that's why income taxes, you could raise them to be 100%. You could raise them to be 99%. And that income tax rate will not affect people like Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Rupert Murdoch, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, because they don't make what would be considered income. They have wealth. And you can take you know, somebody like Bezos, he could take, you know, he could cash out, say, say he cashes out a billion dollars. Okay, he takes that out in stock. He pays whatever capital gains 
rate is on that stock. Um, I don't remember what the current capital gains rate is. Capital gains tax. Capital gains tax rate 2021. Uh, let's see. Of course, I can't find the stupid answer. Very easy. Stupid Motley Fool who's got a whole bunch of crap here. I just want it simple. That's what I get for using DuckDuckGo. Capital gains tax rate 2021. All right, it maxes out right now at 20%. So, out of a billion dollars, you know, he's going to pay uh, 20% of that. So, 10% of a billion is 100 million. So, 200 million dollars in tax that leaves them still with 800 million 800 million dollars i didn't do the math earlier let me pull out a calculator i'm sure that sounded great if you're listening in headphones opening the drawer so 800 million um, I don't even know if you can do this, but let's say you want to put it in a savings account. Right now, if you look at uh, Synchrony Bank, SynchronyBank.com, they are giving you a half a percent annual percentage rate. Half a percent. Used to be over 2%, half a percent. So you take that $800 million, multiply that by half a percent, and that gives you a cool $4 million a year. So he could do that. Put it in a savings account. Okay, interest and dividend tax. Again, he's going to pay some small tax on that. But he's going to be pulling down $4 million a year just to let it sit there in a, in a what would traditionally be like a passbook savings account. That's why income taxes don't matter to them. You could do a wealth tax, but a wealth tax is difficult because how do you uh, value wealth? You know, if, if you have cash and stocks sitting in an account, you know, you've got a brokerage account, you've got cash in a, in a bank account, those are easy. You know, and even a brokerage account, though, will go up and down in value depending on the value of the stocks held, stocks and bonds held. But real estate, other types of physical assets, those are almost what anybody says they are. You know, there's, there's a range. So you could say a house, you know, a house in a neighborhood, say, you know, it's worth half a million dollars. But if somebody wants to come in and suddenly buy it for 750000 kind of changes things. You know, or say the neighborhood goes down and now this half a million dollar house is only worth about 300000 This did happen in 2008, if you remember, not that long ago where the price of real estate just plummeted, homes, 
because there were so, so many foreclosures and so many homes on the market that houses that were previously half a million bucks, they, they lost a couple hundred thousand dollars in value. So if somebody was applying for a loan to buy a house before that, say in 2005, 2006, they took out a half a million dollar loan, they bought a house, and now in 2008, the price plummets to 300000 and now the home buyer is underwater. They technically owe more than what the house is worth. Did they lie on their application? Was there, is their wealth higher than what they're currently claiming because of the loss of value in the house? And this is why wealth, to me, is difficult to tax. You know, and when they look at somebody like Trump, uh, the current investigation happening against against him in New York, where you know they're t- they're claiming that for insurance purposes he downplayed the value of properties and for loans he played up the value of his properties. That's that's just business. That's just what people do. You know, if you're looking to get a loan, you're going to want to maximize that loan. So you know you're going to want to say okay. You, you can always get an appraisal that'll give you a, a high end of a range that you're looking for. You know, and then for insurance, insurance, you want to pay as little as possible because it's you're not going to use insurance unless something bad happens. So you want to, you know, downplay it. So if you've got a building and, you know, most people, they over-insure anyway, I think. I don't, I don't think a whole lot of people under-insure. But you want the value to be played down so your premiums are less. It's just smart business, you know, and you you can't really criminalize that. If you do, we're in trouble. But um, so pro publica, you know, they they go through what each of these guys pays in in taxes, and and they give some new calculation of effective tax rate that takes their wealth into consideration. But you can't take wealth into consideration when it comes to income tax. Because right now we don't have a wealth tax. And you cannot include the, you know, the value of assets when you're trying to figure out the you know, uh, tax rate, effective tax rate. But when you, you know, they, they had the numbers in there of what they paid in taxes. And it was an obscene amount of money that they had to pay. And what the article doesn't take into consideration, let's just take Bezos, for instance, because he was a target. What, uh, what has he contributed to the U.S. economy, to the world economy, as compared to what they believed he should be taxed? I think, I don't know, it sounded like my dog was crying. Um, But think about that. Bezos opens up a distribution center someplace. How many jobs has he just added? How many people now are providing for their families, paying for college, buying goods and services? Just in one location. I mean, you look at all of it. You look at Blue Origin. <laughs> Hold on, she is crying. Hold on one second. I gotta go get her, open the door for her. 
is in the house. All right, Rex is in the house. Sorry about that, but I could just hear her crying. I, I don't know if you could pick it up on the microphone, but I could hear her crying. It was just stupid. Uh, yeah, how much how much economic activity have these people put into the world? Just think about that, just for a second. Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Rupert Murdoch, Mark Zuckerberg, and Jeff Bezos. You know, is it in the trillions, all combined? It's an enormous amount of economic activity. Those people just by doing what they do, what they have done, you know, and I'm not the biggest fan of any of these people, but you cannot deny the accomplishments and you cannot deny the economic activity that they've put into the world. And it, to me, it far outweighs any of this income tax bullshit. If we want, if we want to have some type of a fair tax, first of all, don't tax income or have it severely limited, because a tax, a tax is designed to limit an economic an economic activity. When you tax something, you get less of it. That's why they have sin taxes. You know, when you tax, look at cigarettes. Cigarettes are taxed, you know, through the wazoo. So fewer people smoke. The only people that smoke now are, they really want to smoke because it's not cheap. You know, or alcohol taxes. They always lump on more taxes to, to limit the consumption of alcohol. Same thing with gasoline. If they want you to drive less, they'll raise the gas tax. It's not just a revenue generator. It's also a behavior modification system. So, you know, what, what should we do? We should replace the income tax either with a flat tax, a very low flat tax, or no tax at all, and move to consumption taxes. Because who spends more? Who spends more, wealthy people or poor people? Now, we can uh, play around with that consumption tax and tax food at a very low rate. You know, grocery, you know, maybe maybe not food in general because, you know, you're not going to want to do that with... Um, eating out like restaurants and things like that, but tax, you know, maybe groceries, grocery stores, tax those at a very low rate, you know, and have just a, a tiered level of retail consumption taxes. So that way, the wealthy people who spend, and they spend a lot, they'll pay more in tax. Now, we already have sales taxes, but we don't have a national uh, sales tax. And the sales taxes are relatively low depending on where you live. But this way, too, human beings, we can better moderate or modify our consumption behavior if there's a, a tax added to it. You know, in that way, as well, you're not penalized when you make more money. Because what do, you know, people who make a lot of money put more money back out into the system. Some some people are sa you know big savers and they put it away, but rich people rarely take money and shove it into a mattress and it just sits there forever. They put it out there into the world to either make them more money, you know, or to buy goods and services. So to me that's that's the fair way of doing it. And the only thing ProPublica did is just prove um that income tax taxes income. 
Uh, let's see. Okay, I was per perusing other news, and I came across... Oh, I forgot to record on my pod track. So where am I at? Oh, I'm already at 36 minutes. Wow, it's time flying. Um, I just ran across this video, and I used to live in the Chicago area, so I'd watch a lot of WGN news and discovered how much I miss it because they have a nice banter. I don't know. It's just there. It's all very Chicago. This week on At the Forefront Live, we'll talk to a U Chicago medicine expert Wait, this who's performing it. heart surgeries oh, that without figures. cracking open the patient's you know, chest. I really hate we'll hear from the surgeon who helped pioneer this technique. <laughs> Hold and on, mute that. I hate when they have pre-roll ads. I just hate it. Here all we right, go. Ben, Here come. This is from the WGN Morning News. So when I first got here, the number one question people How long is this video? It's too long to yeah. play the whole Why thing. Why would you leave Channel Seven to come? Um, kind of the homeless. But there was a controversy recently in Chicago where one of the most favored sportscasters uh, or favorite sportscasters was fired because of uh, comments he made at the end of a sports segment. Uh, I can't even remember what it was, but it was Mark, Mark Jane Greco. He's, you know, I've watched him forever. And he made some comment about uh, Cheryl Burton being uh, a ditzy decorator or something for some reality show that he would like to put together. It was just a joke. And I guess she complained. At least that's the story. She complained to their bosses and ended up with him getting suspended. And then later uh, they came to a, an agreement where he left the show. You know, essentially he was just fired. But here's the Jen's take. Out on the ice really? Wow. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Really made that party. Artie. The next item on the differences between working at WGN and ABC7, here you can call your co-anchor any name you want. <laughs> right, Robin? And, uh, oh. Speaking of traffic, uh, Val, I think I see an accident on top of Robin's head. <laughs> uh, great job. Uh, yeah. Right now with everyone but me. <laughs> you forgot about the part that she's a whore. <laughs> Whoa, that's on morning news. Well, that didn't age well. Huh? No, it didn't. <laughs> anyway, they... they they're just an entertaining show. It's very Chicago, filled with people that are very Chicago, and it's something that I you don't find anywhere else. It made me miss uh, watching the 9 o'clock news and occasionally the morning news. I, I didn't watch a lot of it. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then we have Racial Harmony in New York City. I don't, I don't know wh where this is okay. You fucking kid? I apologize for the bad language. So it's okay for him to call an Asian cop a chink. But, you know, uh, Hunter Biden can use the N-word in texts. But us mere mortals... You can't go anywhere near that word. So, I, I don't know. I, the, the whole world sometimes feels like it's falling apart. And you get this. And he's right in this guy's face. No, no. I, no I, listen, as long as I'm on the sidewalk, I'm good. All right, all right, all right. We're fucking cheek right here. I mean, how is that? <laughs> Under any circumstance, how is that right? And then later on, somebody calls him out for being racist, and he's, he spews that black people can't be racist. Anyway. Critical race theory is in the news all over the place. Uh, 
This reminds me a bit of Common Core, although Common Core did become curriculum in a lot of places. Uh, critical race theory is something to me that should not be taught in the elementary or high school levels. You can discuss this in college all you want. But to include this kind of stuff in elementary and high school is indoctrination. You know, elementary and high school, all that should be concentrated on is math, reading, um, and uh, and writing. Sorry, I, I just had a, another brain fart on that. Anyway, you know, at a time when, especially in big city schools, kids that are graduating high school can't do math and they can't read at grade level. So they, if they do enter college, they're stuck doing all kinds of remedial work just to catch up. So their first year in college is catching up to where they should have been when they graduated high school. So introducing something like critical race theory, which fine, you know, if people want to discuss it as a theory of systemic racism or whatever, fine. But leave that to college, where at least in college you have uh, at least a little bit more maturity. You know, you're 18 at minimum, and you've have you have a little bit of life experience, and at least now you you know how to read and crit- critically think about. Uh, what you're reading, you know, do some basic math. And then you can, you know, delve into these deeper subjects. You know, all these subjects that deal with politics versus, you know, elementary education should be thrown out. All of it. So you had a woman in... uh, I think it was a Virginia school and she came from China and she grew up during Mao's, uh, Mao, Mao Zedong's China. I've, I've been very alarmed about what's going on in our school. You are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. Uh, growing up in Mao's China, all this seemed very familiar. The uh, communist regime used the same critical theory to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. During the Cultural Revolution, I witnessed students and teachers again turn against each other. We changed school names to be politically correct. Um, we were taught to denounce our heritage. Sounds Red familiar. Red destroy anything that is not communist. Old uh, statues, books, and anything else. <clears throat> we are also encouraged to report on each other, just like the uh, Student Equity Ambassador Program, and the Bias Reporting System. This is indeed the American version of the Chinese Communist, the Chinese Cultural Revolution. The critical race theory has its roots in cultural Marxism. It should have no place in our school. So she handed it to him. She got a pretty good amount of applause. A lot of people raising their hands. I don't know why they're raising their hands and not applauding. That was a weird thing when you see this video. But yeah, I agree with her. Uh, you know, this kind of stuff should be just not taught at elementary level because the kids can't understand it. So if they can't understand the concepts of what's being talked about, you know, when it's being pushed on them, it then becomes indoctrination. What they should be learning is the traditional, you know, math, uh, you know, reading, and how to write. 
you know, maybe I should learn how to talk, but, um, they, they just lack the maturity to discuss this in a, in a meaningful way. You know, and, and I'm not saying that I believe in critical race theory because, you know, I don't. I, I think it's a lot of gobbledygook. But I'm also saying that, uh, not saying that you can't talk about it. And that maybe, you know, that it doesn't, as a theory, you know, that some people want to put forward that you can't uh, talk about that in school or, or teach it as a thing. You know, but it, it that belongs at university. It doesn't belong in a high school or, or grammar school. The CDC this week, here's some COVID news. It was kind of light on the COVID news this week, at least for me. They are acknowledging that um, inflammation of the heart uh, seems to be a thing after the second dose of Pfizer or Moderna. Here's what it says from CNBC. There have been a higher than expected number of cases of heart inflammation in 16 to 24-year-olds after receiving their second dose of Pfizer or Moderna's COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, They cite preliminary data from its vaccine safety monitor system. The CDC has received reports of 275 cases in that age group as of May 31st. The agency said in a presentation prepared for a Food and Drug Administration advisory panel meeting Thursday, scientists expected between 10 and 102 cases of myocarditis or pericarditis where the heart muscle or or the lining surrounding it became inflamed, according to the CDC. Does anybody remember when the Johnson & Johnson vaccine was pulled because six people got blood clots out of 6.8 million doses? Now, I know a lot more doses have been given of Pfizer uh, and Moderna, but, you know, I don't know what the number is because I haven't seen it yet in the number of teens that have been vaccinated. So if you have 275 cases of heart inflammation, it's more than double what they were expecting. Don't you think there should be a halt in vaccinating children, you know, and yet Moderna has filed to uh, expand theirs to children 12 years old and and older uh, you know they got to stop this now because children aren't even at high risk and asymptomatic spread is bullshit it's been said so many times before now this is the only time that they're that they're trying to push asymptomatic spread it's not a thing the wall street journal had a piece about the cdc uh it was an opinion piece Talking about hospitalizations, this is what they said. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention released a report last week warning that adolescent hospitalizations due to COVID-19 were on the rise. The media picked up the message and ran with it, but it isn't true. The CDC misrepresented the data and played down a more important finding that provides further evidence that pandemic control measures are likely having a serious adverse impact on young people's mental health. So it isn't true, but they say the CDC misrepresented. They didn't misrepresent. They lied. They flat out lied. And here it is. The the Wall Street Journal goes on to say the CDC truncated... Thanks, Godfrey. That's my Labrador. The CDC truncated its analysis at the precise date, April 24th, that would cast an increase in teen hospitalization in the worst possible light. The 10% rise in early March that attracted so many headlines was similar to rises in other age groups 
and had declined sharply by late April. Adolescent hospitalizations for COVID-19 were back down to 0.6 per 100,000 by late May before the CDC report was published and well below the rate of 2.6 for the adults uh, for the adult U.S. population. Moreover, COVID cases among children in 2021 have now fallen by 84% and hospitalizations are down by 69% since January, thanks largely to adult vaccination. So they got to follow the science unless they want to ignore the science. They got to follow the data unless they want to ignore the data. You know, and then they 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 go on to ignore uh, the the depression that teens are are going through with dealing with lockdown. Uh, again, according to the Wall Street Journal, twenty percent of teen hospitalizations in the study between January first and March thirty first were for psychiatric emergencies, not COVID. Although pandemic related closures have made it difficult to study the mental health. Of children during the past year, the available data point to a crisis. Lockdowns and school closures have led to greater incidences of obesity and eating disorders, according to experts at the Stanford uh, Children's Health Network. So they just omitted these things. Why? And, you know, why doesn't the Wall Street Journal just come out straight out and say it? They lied. They're not misrepresenting anything. They're just lying to the people. And, you know, Dr. Fauci uh, is, is liar-in-chief. This guy just says anything, depending on whichever the way he wants the wind to blow. Moving on to here in Georgia. Uh, I moved to Gwinnett County, Georgia, from Cook County, Illinois. Okay, I lived in a northern suburb of Chicago, and now I'm in a northeastern suburb of Atlanta. So I'm in Gwinnett County. So I don't live in Fulton County, but it seems that Fulton County uh, has a lot in common with Cook County, Illinois, when it comes to voter fraud. So here is, hold on one second, I gotta clear my throat. There is an article in, on realclearinvestigations.com. And they've got all kinds of uh, funny business that's happening with their mail-in ballots. They were supposed to be audited, and the audit, uh, what was supposed to happen is county officials were supposed to scan these ballots and hand them over to auditors. The original ballots were never supposed to leave anybody's hands. And when they, before they started this process, uh, the place where the ballots were stored was supposed to have a 24-hour guard. Somehow, conveniently, prior to the audit, the 24-hour guard that was supposed to be standing there, they left their post. And exactly at that time when they left their post, uh, the place was... Uh, left empty, that anybody could go in. Now, supposedly things were locked down, but it was just so convenient, and nobody knows whether anything was tampered with, whether anybody looked at anything or stole anything. Nobody knows. 
And here's one other thing. Um, they have people uh, that are testifying and stating that there were problems with the ballots there. There's one woman, a poll manager, Susie Voiles. According to the story, when Fulton County, Georgia poll manager Susie Voyle sorted through a large stack of mail-in ballots last November, she noticed an alarmingly odd pattern of uniformity in the markings for Joseph R. Biden. One after another, the absentee votes contained perfectly filled-in ovals for Biden, except that each of the darkened bubbles featured an identical white void inside them in the shape of a tiny crescent, indicating they've been marked with toner ink instead of a pen or pencil. So somebody was printing them off, apparently. But nobody can look at them. You know, and there's n nobody wants to investigate. Who knows what's going to be found? But, you know, I, I I didn't know stuff like that was happening in, in other states, places like this. I assumed it would be happening more in New York, New Jersey, L.A., you know, D.C., Boston, but down south, I didn't think that they would have these kind of voting shenanigans, but I guess it's just everywhere. Back to some COVID news. J&J, &J, you know, their, their um, Johnson & Johnson, their vaccine was about to expire this month. But like, uh, like Groundhog Day, when the vaccine vial came out and the FDA looked at it, it must have, I don't know, when you see a shadow or don't see a shadow, which one gives you six more weeks of winter? Anyway, the FDA just magically said, poof, your vaccine is no longer expiring. You've got six more weeks. That's kind of nice. You know, I, my father was in pharmaceuticals. He made uh, pharmaceuticals for um, Walgreens. You know, he made cough medicines and all kinds of different uh, over-the-counter and prescription drugs so expiration dates you know they're not you know it's it's like uh it's an artificial expiration date it's like a best guess i guess as to when it's effective you know all all of these drugs generally can be used far beyond the expiration date you know it's just most of the time they don't break down into something harmful, what happens is, is they just become less effective. So I don't think it's a big deal. I just find it funny that, you know, that Johnson & Johnson, all their stuff is going to expire, and then magically they just extend the expiration date. Oh, and Kamala. Kamala Harris. What a week she had. Uh, Biden taps her to handle the border and the uh, influx of illegal immigration and just she's such an empty suit and the big deal was um and her interview with lester holt where she just kept repeating that we've been to the border we've been to the border we've been to the border you haven't been to the border i and i haven't been to europe what an empty suit what an empty suit where's there's, There's one other topic I wanted to uh, talk to you about. But let me just this is the full okay. section of that video. To visit the border. Her I, face, I number one, she was dumbfounded by the point, question. You know, I, 
we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole this whole this whole thing about the border. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. <laughs> and I, I, mean, I don't I don't understand the point that you're froze. making. I'm not discounting like the, the importance of the border. Well, I, I mentioned I, it because even I, I know Republicans have certainly come at you on this. But Democratic Congressman Cuellar as a border district has said to the, you and the president, come. You need, I care you need to see about this. Listen, I care about what's happening at the border. I'm in Guatemala because my focus is dealing with the root causes of my. So then she recovered and, you know, that's where she should have gone with that in the first place is that I'm dealing with the root causes of, of the problem at the border, you know, that she'll get there eventually. But just, I don't understand why she just doesn't go to the freaking border. And there's so much pressure and bullshit. It's not like it's going to make a difference anyway. So you just go and you remove that argument from everybody's baloney. But she's such a dumb, empty suit. We've been to the Here's border. Here's the whole supercut We've about her going to the, to the border. border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. Listen, I can, I've been to the border before. I will go again. But when I'm in Guatemala, <laughs> dealing with... And her classes, nervous laughter. I think her, we should have a conversation laughter. about what's going on in Just Guatemala. gotta go. So, can you commit right now that you will indeed visit the U.S.-Mexico border and will you do it soon? Jeremy, let me tell you something. Yes, I will. And I have before. I've said I'm going to go to the border. And I... when are you going to the border, <laughs> Vice President? The administration has asked. I'm not finished. She's so. I've such... said I'm going to the border. <laughs> I shouldn't say it, but she just sometimes seems so bitchy. Anyway, she's just coming off as such a moron. And I don't understand why she just doesn't go. And uh, last thing I'll leave with is that I was watching this video and it was a conversation with Cornell West and Glenn Lowry. And, you know, they, they talk, uh, how do I put it? It's either, it's either, you know, they're so smart that they're talking so far above me, <laughs> which is possible. I'm not saying it's not impossible. It's possible. You know, or Cornell West is uh, just spewing a lot of gobbledygook. I don't think that's the case. You know, when, he, when, he, when he's got like a free-flowing uh, ideas and they're, they're, he's just free-flowing with, with what's coming out of his brain, um, it just sounds like such word salad sometimes. But it was still a very fascinating conversation. I think I, I need to rewatch it in order to really uh, let it soak in. You know, I, I've read uh, books written by Cornell West, and he writes better than he talks, which I think that's what I do. But um, sometimes to me, it sounds like he's saying so much, but I don't quite understand what he just said. Violence and what's going on is pathological, in my this opinion. This is Glenn Lowry Although we right cannot now. pathologize blackness, we cannot pathologize the black experience. So that point, that, and, and we have to situate it. We have to situate it within the larger forces, among which are economic and political and institutional forces. We have to situate it. I'm granting all of that. These things I understand. But I still have a point. We are responsible for how we live. We are responsible for how we raise our children. I'm talking about black people. We have to take responsibility for our lives. It is far too seductive to allow the narrative 
the story that we had used to interpret our experience to become solely and singly our victimization. That's important. This is a deep mistake. It's a political mistake. More importantly, it's a spiritual mistake. Yes. It's an existential mistake. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so we cannot allow the machinations of the forces up here to uh, impede our embrace of that responsibility. And we cannot allow the narrative in the service of transitory political interests to obscure the responsibilities that are at stake here in our community. So I want you to situate my concern just expressed within both the failure of democracy point that you're making about the forces up here uh, and the commercialization, commodification uh, point that you're making, which too are valid points. But I think the clock is ticking on black people in America. The world is not standing still, and I'll stop. I know I'm making a speech, but I, I really want you to react to it. The world is, the Chinese are coming. American empire, as Cornell is fond of putting it, will not last forever. That's true. Black people are in no position to miss an opportunity to realize the full productive possibilities of our human potential. I, I think everybody should go back and look at that because they, they talk about a whole wide range of subjects from religion to economics to uh, capitalism and socialism and communism, uh, China, you know, victimhood as you, as you heard there, um, you know, that when people uh, start out being a victim before, you know, before they do anything else, you're already starting from behind. And I think that's the mental position that Glenn Lowry was basically talking about that you, you can find yourself very difficult to rise out of something if you believe you're a victim always being held down. But it was, it was an hour-long conversation, and to me it was very interesting, and I will listen to that again just so I can absorb it more. Cornell West is a very entertaining speaker, but sometimes I just have no idea what he's saying, and I, you know, he's probably just talking right over my head. So, see, I had more to cover than I thought, you know, uh... I was kind of amazed. I, I didn't realize I, I blogged so many things this past week. So I don't even know what to call this this episode, but it's uh, it's getting late. So I'm going to close it there. See what I come up with next week. Hopefully things open up more and everybody's a little bit happier as we stop wearing masks and uh, reclaim the freedoms that we supposedly already have. But I forgot to mention that this is a podcasting 2.0 compatible podcast. Go to newpodcastapps.com, get yourself a new podcast app, stay away from Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, get something new where you'll see transcripts, chapters, I didn't do chapters the last two weeks, I'm going to try to, chapters, chapter images, and uh, please go to my website, buy a shirt if you want one kevinbay.com slash merch there's a link on my website to throw me a few bones if you want to send a donation or two if you got anything out of it if you thought it was entertaining at all let me have a few shekels 
Is it politically correct to say shekels? I don't know. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your weekend. I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Oh, wait. forgot my own tagline. Because that's all I got. It's lame. I know. Bye-bye.